Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. So whether it's an insurance company, right, embedding CyberSettle as a SaaS capability within their existing claims management process, right? So imagine now, instead of a back and forth that typically is done over email, which is digital, but still email, it's analog, actually, you now have the equivalent of a cyber settle button that sits in the claims management portal that initiates the digital negotiation on the trusted cyber settle platform. And at the conclusion of the negotiation, returns it back to the claims management system to complete the whole process. That was Vinod Swaminathan, the president and CEO of CyberSettle, and he's my special guest on this episode, episode 288 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. CyberSettle expedites resolutions and reduces the cost associated with the process of settling financial transactions. They change the win-lose paradigm in financial negotiations to a win-win for both parties. Vinod and I discussed the company, the value they bring to the market, and the journey from managed services to SaaS-based software. We also discuss Vinod's focus on keeping it simple, both professionally and in his personal life. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Vinod. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today with you. Great. Well, let's dive right in. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that, and then we'll circle back to your professional journey in a few minutes. Uh, Absolutely. I live in the northeast part of the United States. I grew up in India. I came to this country about, God, I lose track now, about 30 years ago. Came here for grad school, studied materials engineering, although what I do today has little to do with what I studied. I suspect that's the case for most of the people in the audience here today. I'm married, have two lovely young girls, and every day I look in the mirror, I tell myself I'm so happy I have girls. They're the best investment one can make. I assure you from personal experience, went to Drexel University for my master's degree. I studied engineering in India, again, undergraduate degree in engineering. Live in Greenwich, Connecticut, have lived in Connecticut for 27 out of the 30 years that I've been in this country. I tell my friends who live in Silicon Valley that I have come to appreciate the four seasons and never want to go to a place that does not have four seasons. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about CyberSettle. So tell the audience what CyberSettle does. Fantastic. There's a couple of things that caught my attention as I was getting involved in this. So as we look across the spectrum of commercial transactions that happen, well, let's just take the U.S. market. A good $3 trillion of these commercial transactions are actually driven by one-to-one financial negotiation and settlement. That's a huge number, probably a conservative number. But when I say transactions driven by financial negotiation and settlement, this is not buying stuff off of Amazon. Those are all fixed price. So really looking at a whole bunch of money flows that are driven by two parties sitting across virtually or physically from each other or digitally from each other and duking it out on what the perceived value of those goods or services are, right? That's a pretty large number. 
And it's all around us. It could be financial disputes, legal disputes, insurance claims, hell, even buying and selling homes or any kinds of goods and services, like I said, where the two parties don't believe there is a fixed price or an agreed upon value, right? So it's all around us. People don't realize that in these kinds of transactions, once the context and rationale for valuation are established by each party, most parties enter these negotiations with a pretty clear picture of the floor and ceiling. But as you look at these situations, have you ever wondered why it still takes so long to negotiate and settle? You already know going in, this is your floor and this is your ceiling, yet sometimes it takes days, hell, even years to financially negotiate and settle these transactions. So enter CyberSettle. We're a fintech SaaS platform that delivers a faster, better, and cheaper financial negotiation and settlement outcome for both parties in such situations. CyberSettle does not get involved in helping the parties develop the rationale for their financial positions. It's obviously based on a lot of facts and human emotions. What we do is we simply meet them when they're ready to negotiate and quickly start and finish that negotiation and settlement journey for them digitally. Obviously, with better outcomes and in an entirely digital process. Our clients today are largely in the insurance, legal, and healthcare provider segments, hospitals. But we have ambitions to expand the use of the platform into real estate, auto wholesale, re-commerce, which is really a portion of the e-commerce business with returns and liquidation and things like that. Really into many segments, like I said, where two parties need to agree over a dollar figure quickly and efficiently. So that's CyberSettle. We're a fintech SaaS company that focuses exclusively on that financial negotiation and settlement process. And our value proposition is largely to lower the cost and the burden for companies who have to drive commercial transactions using this methodology. Okay. What would you say differentiates your company from your competitors? That's a great question. Look, our focus is in only on the financial negotiation and the settlement piece. So one of the things we pride ourselves on is we're very good at that one thing that we do. We've obviously encountered a lot of people in the marketplace do a whole lot of other things. A great example are companies that specialize in arbitration and mediation. But as you can imagine, just using that as an example, they do a lot more than enabling the financial negotiation. And so one of our key differentiators is the fact that we're good at the one thing and we do it really, really well. Second thing is our track record of having created value through a very unique double blind negotiation process. What this is, is, you know, essentially the source of the trust we bring to the process. Anytime two parties are using our platform to negotiate and settle a dollar figure, at no time do either of the parties ever get to know what the other party's position is. That's what the essence of the double blind negotiation process is. That's one of our key differentiators in that we're committed to that kind of process. So our focus is on driving the better outcome. And we actually eliminate a lot of the human posturing and the gamesmanship that goes in typical financial negotiations. So that's our second big differentiator, unique double-blind negotiation process. And the third really is our commitment to use AI responsibility to change what is usually a win-lose paradigm in financial negotiations. We've all been through this. We always walk away from such a transaction 
feeling either like you were the winner or sometimes you left money on the table and a loser. So we use AI responsibility to sort of change that win-lose paradigm into a win-win paradigm for both parties. Ultimately, that's how we enable a faster, cheaper, better outcome for a lot of our enterprise clients. Okay. So just curious. So obviously it takes two parties to do this. So does typically one side bring this solution to the table and the other has to use it or adopt it? Or how does sort of that work? It does take two parties to play. However, the access to our technology is really sort of two formats, right? Our primary clients are enterprise clients, right? Whether they're large enterprise or mid-size enterprise clients. But we also have many parties that participate in negotiations that are already aware of our platform and our offerings that sometimes sort of bring it to the table, very similar to, it's a good analogy I always like to use, like Venmo or Zelle gets used these days, right? So there is an element of that network effect. We've had lawyers who are very familiar with our platform and have successfully used it to negotiate deals for their clients, right? Look at other lawyers who come into similar situations and ask them the question, hey, are you guys familiar with CyberSettle? Have you used it before? It's really easy. That's my preferred way of sort of doing this process, right? So so we get customers and we get users primarily on the enterprise side, right? Where insurance company, a hospital sort of says, look, this is our preferred way to negotiate and settle. But sometimes we do have the network effect playing out as well, where users that have used CyberSettle in similar contexts, right, are able to sort of invite and ask other people to use the same platform, right, for these kinds of transactions. Okay, makes sense. So where do you see this heading in, say, the next three to five years? What are the trends? What's going on? Where do you see it in five years? Well, so we believe we are an integral part of the broader fintech space and certainly see a lot of opportunity for growth. You know, as I step back and look at sort of the tech and digital landscape within different parts of the finance value chain, right, sort of broadly fintech, we still think there are lots of significant parts of that value chain that are fairly untouched, right, for a rethink. Great example is what we're doing with CyberSettle, right? And the broader fintech space, the payment space, right? A lot of that is the adoption of these kinds of technologies, certainly driven by the evolution of the new tech itself, right? Whether it's blockchain or AI. But I think not enough is being said about the evolution of the customer behavior and preferences. Look, I've been in the tech industry long enough to believe that tech is always going to lead the curve, if you will, right? It's never about tech. It's always been about the use cases that bring life to the tech, right? And a great example is CyberSafe, right? It's not the tech, it's the fact that post-COVID, people see room for digital capabilities like that to do things which they have normally kind of defaulted to doing it in a pretty archaic or legacy type of fashion, right? So as I look at financial negotiation and settlement, it is such an intrinsic part of so many industries. It underpins, right, commercial transactions. We see a tremendous runway here for taking what we've done to date and really growing it into an integral part of the fintech infrastructure, if you will. I envision probably in the next five years, just like we understand how payment gateways work, right? It's pretty easy. Everybody takes credit card or the way payment systems have themselves evolved, like Venmo and Zelle. We're going to see people basically saying, hey, listen, 
I don't want to do this kind of negotiation and settlement like I did before. I'm just going to adopt a platform that makes it so easy for me to attempt to negotiate, settle, and move on. It's such an integral part of how people drive commercial transactions, and it's so ripe for change, that's where we see a lot of growth for us. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. Tell us about your journey to your role there as the president and CEO. So, Greg, I've been a corporate intrapreneur all my life, always worked for large and mid-sized organizations. My focus has been to incubate and scale many new businesses, lots of different industries, I've been in manufacturing, I've been in consulting, I've been in big tech. I mean, the one thing I've learned about myself, apart from being a sucker for punishment, I thrive in the world of known unknowns and unknown unknowns. I've worked with some great minds along the way who've schooled me in ways to work through these situations. I've worn a lot of different hats sometime at the same time. I've been the why person, a strategist, and I've been a how guy, product manager, general manager, the finance person marketing, sales, and I've also sometimes had to be a who guy. I've been a recruiting manager, I've been a coach, mentor. So I've worn a lot of these different hats through many of these different opportunities that I've been lucky to have. Great training, grateful for my time at IBM, KPMG, etc., and the many mentors I've had. Early this year, I got to sit down with the board at CyberSettle. I've known them for about 10 years. I'm very familiar with all their past avatars and what they've attempted to do in the marketplace. And I started talking to them about a plan to transform right, CyberSettle from what used to be a managed service company that was struggling to scale and through a bunch of corporate restructurings that they went through. But there was alignment around trying to scale this business as a software business quickly evolved into alignment of objectives between some of the key board members, the founders, and I. And I really jumped at the opportunity to lead the growth of this company in this new avatar. I sort of look at my job today as being in charge of our coming out party in the world of fintech. And I'm really looking forward to quietly carving a dominant space for us and a chance to sort of, again, wear many hats at the same time and try to build this company. Okay. So you mentioned something there that I think is intriguing is kind of the switch from sort of managed services to this kind of SaaS software positioning. So maybe if you don't mind, tell the audience a little bit about how you did that and what was the thought process and what was the process? Well, the capability and the concept and the technology has been around for a while in the form of CyberSettle. Many of the industries we've operated in probably have significantly evolved over the last three to five years, right, in their embracing of all things digital. So when the digital literacy or the digital penetration in many of these companies were relatively speaking lower than what it is today, I think CyberSettle was forced to operate as a managed service in that he used the technology and the capability, but they delivered the outcomes as a service, largely because the recipients of this capability were not digitally savvy enough, right, to embed these processes and these capabilities into their existing systems, right? And I can tell you a simple example is the insurance space, right? Claims management has come a long way, but claims management is largely focused on I'll call it evidence management from a digital perspective, right? Poor example, but a useful example. The auto insurance space, as you can see, 
much of the emphasis has been around leveraging the mobile phone as a camera and digital capabilities to capture information and submit it, right, in order to streamline and speed up the claims management process, right? However, when it came to actually settling a claim, and this time auto is not a good example, but if you go to the personal injury space, right, actually settling a claim involved lawyers from the insurance firm working with lawyers from the claimant side and going back and forth. And all of these were not ripe for digital activity just because of where people were, right? So CyberSettle still operated in that space. I mean, we have a track record of settling a billion and a half dollars worth of claims for a lot of big insurance companies, a couple of hundred thousand claims, right? But we delivered this as a managed service because those clients were not ready to embrace the technology, but were keen to have the outcome, right? So we would take the claims, right? We would run them through our system. We would set up two people to negotiate digitally. When it was done, we would communicate it back to the insurance company, right? Now, post-COVID, I think the world has sort of woken up to the fact that we did a lot of things during COVID digitally that we never thought we would do digitally, right? So just at the same time, we realized, the board realized and the founder realized that scaling a managed service company means lots of arms and legs to work the back office and the call center and the help desk, kind of a classic managed service business, very, very people dependent, but technology enabled. We could not scale it beyond a certain point. And, you know, we felt the way to scale it is to sort of get out of some of those people-based processes, capitalize on the fact that all of our target industries are beginning to adopt digital for things that they traditionally kind of put aside and said that's always going to be done the old way. And really use software and SaaS, particularly as a model, to deliver the service that we're talking about, right? So that was the conclusion of sort of our strategy rethink and really our positioning. So where we are right now in our evolution is essentially delivering that digital negotiation and financial negotiation and settlement capability largely as a configurable SaaS product that, frankly, anybody could easily embed into their existing operational systems, right? So whether it's an insurance company, right, embedding CyberSettle as a SaaS capability within their existing claims management process, right? So imagine now, instead of a back and forth, right, that typically is done over email, which is digital, but still email, it's analog actually, right? You now have the equivalent of a cyber settle button that sits in the claims management portal that initiates the digital negotiation on the trusted cyber settle platform. And at the conclusion of the negotiation, returns it back to the claims management system, right, to complete the whole process. Similar case in healthcare receivables, right? On your patient portal, you owe the hospital some money. You've not paid it for a long time. Hospitals continue to send you bills, right? You kind of either ignore it or you don't know what the hell's going on. Hospitals are now very similar to how they have Amex and Visa and MasterCard embedded into their patient portals, right? When bills don't get paid, they have the ability to embed CyberSettle and sort of invoke that SaaS platform embedded inside of their existing operational systems, right? 
So that's the transition we've been able to do. In the past, we used to get, right, the company used to get files of data that said these are the claims or the bills that need to be acted on, right? And we would then run it through our own managed service process. Today, with a propensity to adopt digital capabilities like this post-COVID, we're now sort of delivering that same capability in a seamless SaaS integration into existing systems. That's the transition that's happened. Gives us the opportunity to scale and frankly, just focused on what we do really well and offer it through API integrations for other systems and clients to sort of embed into their processes. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes a lot of sense. In my mind, thinking like your healthcare example of the patient portal, it's like, it's almost like Visa, MasterCard and name the 10 others, but it's... A, it's Apple Pay, it's yeah. Visa, it's yeah. MasterCard, it's Venmo, it's all of those things, right? I mean, the lawyer example I gave you, I talked about how lawyers were talking to other lawyers saying, look, if you're going to represent your client on this case, I don't want to waste time, right? Getting into an arbitration room or a mediation room, right? We all know what our clients need. So why don't you just sign on, use this, and we can kind of let this happen in the background, right? While we go do other things, right? So it's like a little bit like Venmo, right? Or Zelle for that matter, right? And the cyber settle button embedded into, right, either the claims management system, your claims portal, right? We all have portals for our insurance businesses, right? It's very similar to an Apple Pay or a Visa MasterCard, right? That's the vision we have, and we're well on our way to starting to execute that. Gotcha. So kind of a, as we might call it, a method of payment, but it might be a method of settlement or method. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Back to your personal journey and kind of on the personal side, what are some things you're passionate about? So maybe one work-related passion and one personal passion. Well, it kind of transcends both work and life, right? So I'm a huge fan of Occam's Razor, or as my favorite personality, Terry Bradshaw, translated, the keep it simple, stupid mantra, right? So both at work and in life, right? I love and I rebel in simplicity, and particularly at CyberSettle, we detect complexity. And as you've heard, right, with some of the examples I gave you before, right, we're obsessed about creating a brand at CyberSettle that exemplifies this commitment to simplicity, right? I want access to our offering to be simple. It's a button, one click, opens your world to a simple way to negotiate and settle with another party. We love that IT teams, when we talk to them about onboarding our technology, they typically leave those meetings with their mouths wide open at the simplicity of our integration with their existing systems, right? I mean, I usually have 10 people from a large insurance company chomping at their bit, right? Coming into meetings saying, we're going to ask you all these different questions. And we tell them, this is how it works. It's two lines of code. It manifests itself visually as a little button. It's got the CyberSettle logo on it. You know, that's all you do to embed it. We take care of the rest of the stuff, right? So it's that simplicity. We love it when clients look at us and go, that's simple, huh? Why haven't we ever thought about doing this so long ago, right? So I'm a huge, huge fan of that keep it simple, stupid. Try to implement that in my personal life. It's still a work in progress. I'm dependent on a lot of other factors, but I truly love the notion of 
right? Just keeping things uncomplicated, whether it's my golf game, whether it's my cooking or at work, we're obsessed about it at CyberSouth. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that. So you've had a, obviously a career with some large companies and like you said, wearing many hats. So curious as to your answer to this question. Someone comes to you and maybe they're wanting to get into, and, and I'll use the payments industry, we could call it fintech. And they come to you, maybe it's a new employee that comes to you and says, hey, what do I need to do to be successful in this space? What would you tell them? Look, what I've learned in what I espouse every day to some of these people I've met, especially recently, right, as I navigate this space, Greg, I'm amazed by the number of opportunities to create value, right, within this finance value chain, right, if I can call it loosely that. I have shook my head at discovering nooks and crannies that are available, right? Where simple application of technology makes a huge difference and creates a lot of value. Uh, Even today, I, I just got off a meeting with one of my team members and we were talking about a particular process and I'm sitting there going, really? That's what they do? That's how they do it? Right? I mean, there are a lot of opportunities to create value in this space. So the one thing I always tell people is not to be carried away by the need to find the next big idea. I mean, everything doesn't have to be about translating blockchain into cryptocurrency and eliminating the need for dollars and pounds and euros, right? You know, it's just an example, but it's that search for that huge idea in fintech or payments. My strong belief and my advice to people always is a lot of small crevices, right, that offer an opportunity to build and execute successful fintech ideas, build amazing companies, create great value for clients. And it kind of fits in with my simplicity mantra as well, right? So I think, I think chasing these huge ideas and big ideas that are certainly out there, no question about it. But I think the opportunity in the finance value chain to create value using tech in a lot of these small nooks and crannies are just as exciting and just as fulfilling, right, as any of these big ideas. That's my advice to most people I encounter in this space. Okay, great. Well, Vinod, we've covered a lot of ground, obviously, about the company and you and your background and a little about the industry as a whole. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up the show? No, this has been a great conversation, Greg, and I appreciate the opportunity to share some of my perspectives and talk a little about the great things we're doing at CyberSettled. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. I know your time's very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Greg. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 